You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red as we look forward to the next chapter in this increasingly tense relegation battle with Nottingham Forest taking on Newcastle United on Friday night at the City Ground. And joining me to discuss that game, Brendan Johnson's injury and how we're all feeling about the relegation battle in general is Michael Temple. Temps, good afternoon. How are you? I've had a brilliant little insight into Davis household where the kids are banned from the kitchen and forced to live off crumbs they found down the back of the sofa while you take all the Wi-Fi and talk football with me. So, yeah, I'm 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 pretty chilled, I think, compared to uh, compared to life in the Davis household. Oh well, yeah, right, right to reply. Uh, partly true. They are banned from the kitchen, and the kitchen <laughs> door is open to try and get a Wi-Fi signal. Continuing the tour of my house to get close to the box but uh yeah they're taking a while for signals they they've got milk or water and a mini roll or a pack of fruit strings and they're pleased to be quiet for the next 30 minutes or so so hopefully the wi-fi signal holds up and uh, they hold up there into the bargain as well and you've had an interesting weekend we will get into forest in a bit but you had a an interesting weekend trying to get back to england and catch the game as well haven't you yeah, caught up in the French rail strikes, but did manage to find my way to the Westfield Centre in Lille, where they have excellent Wi-Fi, and I was able to sit there and take in uh, Forest Spurs in its uh, entirety. Um, th- uh, thankfully, then had to listen to, to you boys dissect that one on, on on Monday. But the one thing I would say is that Forest have lurched from terrible form to really good form, and the other way, without any rhyme or reason. And it isn't that long ago that we found ourselves on the wrong, wrong end of that Newcastle defeat early in the season and then t- first game of the season, then turned up the next week and flipped it, turned it around um, with a team that's very different to one that's going to play now um, in, in in beating West Ham 1-0. So whilst you rightly went into some of the reasons why um, we weren't at our sharpest at the weekend, there's been two instances, the West Ham game and the Spurs Cup game, which stand out in my mind as... Uh, good examples of where, out of absolutely nowhere, Forrest have turned it around and turned it on and achieved a, an unforeseen result. So that's the that's the the hope that I'm I'm pinning to for for Friday night. So uh, we'll expand on all that. We've got a couple of clips. We've got Steve Cooper on Brennan Johnson, which we'll start with in a sec. So obviously, that's a big talking point. And then I caught up with a, a colleague uh, who works in Newcastle, Andrew Musgrove, who hosts the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I've uh, got a couple of clips with him, which we'll talk around. And obviously, Temps is team prediction. Um, you look very dapper, by the way. You've had a haircut recently. Yeah, I've had a haircut. I've got a bit of a lazy beard as well. So, uh, yeah. I always have the lazy beard, just not the not the sharp hair. We've both got the grey, but you're looking a bit more trim than me. Steady. Certainly. Steady. <laughs> right. Uh, Brennan Johnson, then. Uh, we should start with him. Went off against Spurs with a groin strain uh, and had a scan on Monday. And the manager did his press conference uh, about a couple of hours before we were recording this. So I'll just play uh, a clip from Steve Cooper on Brennan to inform people of his prospects of playing in this one and the games to come. And then I'll catch up with Temps on the other side. Uh, yeah, he's had a scan. Um, obviously, when you have a scan, it tells you something, but also you have to treat the player. So um, it's unlikely that Brennan will be involved in the weekend, but. Uh, but there's a small chance, so we want to give him every chance to see if he's available. If he is, then great. We'll, we'll try and use him. If not, then uh, um, yeah, it's just just one of them things. So um, not completely ruling him out, but at the same time, um, you know, when you when you walk off with a bit of a, a muscle injury, you know, it can take uh, take a little bit longer than a week to recover. But we'll see. 
I did that in a rush. I should have turned the volume up on it. So sorry if people couldn't quite hear it, but uh, I think everyone did. But anyway, you said the very small chance that he can play uh, at the weekend. And then we've got the international break. So touch wood, he's back on the other side at, at least. But I know um, Steve Cooper there, attempt said that there's a chance he'll play. But do you think he's maybe a bit of a red herring to throw to Newcastle there? I think you said earlier to me when we have a little text conversation that we've we've kind of learned how to speak Cooper and that that's as close as he's going to get for ruling him out this weekend. So, no, we're not going to see Brennan Johnson start this game. It creates a massive headache. He's been by far and away our greatest goal threat. And I think it will be a, a huge miss, particularly when it's allied to plan B, which I think is what Chris Wood has, has, has become now. I think he he would undoubtedly have started if he was fit. So a bit of a double blow in having neither Brennan nor Chris Wood uh, available for selection on, on Friday night. So the, the big question that we need to get into at some point is where are the goals going to come from? Okay, so um, give us your predicted 11 and then we'll branch off into that and then I'll play the clips from, from Andrew and we'll have a look at the league table. But who, who are you expecting to start? Yeah, so I see no change in the in the back four. I think we'll retain Aurier Lodi, Worrell and Felipe. Um, I see Froiler, Shelby and Mangala um, in that midfield trio. I would like to see Yatesy involved. I just think there was another another Cooper clip where he said he's perhaps not quite ready to, to start yet. Um, so I'm expecting to see Morgan Gibbs-White uh, and Emmanuel Dennis joined by Sam Surridge. I've got a, a slight... Um, a suspicion that Cooper may prefer Andre Ayew. I think the um, experience he has of him is far greater than the experience I have watching him. My personal preference would, would be for Surridge. I think his, uh, the, the, the qualities he has in terms of endeavour and finishing Fox in the box um, outweigh what I've seen of Andre Ayew. I don't think he's the answer at this point in time. So there's uh, there's a probably most debate around um, that position, but I would personally vouch for Sam Surridge ahead of Andre Ayew. Yeah, just on Yates, um, like Temp says, there was a, a bit later in the press conference where he kind of says he's still being guided by the medical team. I got that impression, which is obviously the right thing to do. And he kind of intimated he wouldn't quite be ready to start. I know he played an hour of the under-21s in the week, so it would be unusual if he started the 21s game and started for the first team. But I think we'll see his minutes ramped up. Um Emmanuel Dennis then temps. I think he's most likely to start. I was going to say divides opinion. He, does, he doesn't really divide opinion because I don't think anyone's been too high on him for Forest this season. But has he done a bit better recently for you? The appearance that impressed me most was uh, Fulham away. I went to that game and every time he, he got the ball, um, he, he made a difference. He, he does engage defenders. He attracts fouls. Um, he's got he's got quick feet. And I think the reason Forest fans are frustrated with Emmanuel Dennis is because they see in flashes what he can be. Then they see long periods of time when he's he's nowhere near um, those those standards. So that this this is the proverbial chance to step up, isn't it? He's the next cab off the rank. He's been getting minutes from the bench as an injury has struck down Brennan Johnson. And all of a sudden he needs to perform. He showed last year. You know, why we signed him, why we spent this amount of money on Emmanuel Dennis, one of the most expensive transfers in the in the history of our of our club. We see flashes of why that happened. We need to see another one on Friday night because I think there are definitely a, a significant uh, number amongst the, the, the Forest support that 
have, have written him off. I haven't yet because the, those flashes are there. But we, we need we need to see a goal from him, don't we? We need to see a reason uh, to keep him in the side. He's going to start the game on Friday night. And on balance of probability of what we've seen so far, he's been more impactful from the bench. So a 90-minute performance from Emmanuel Dennis is long overdue. And I hope he delivers it for us against Newcastle. I think he's been better since the World Cup. I don't think we're saying a particularly high benchmark here, but I thought he was one of our better players against Spurs in terms of uh, positive intent and trying to make something happen. Uh, and he won quite a few fouls. I find, and I think Spurs defenders found him a little predictable. He kept making the move inside and losing the ball. Obviously, he's got a knack of losing the ball in dangerous areas, which he, he can't really do. But Brennan does have that licence as well himself. So... I think I'm hoping that he's kind of that big game player. He's going to seize the mantle and show really show us what he can do finally. Because I'm not sure, maybe right wing's his favourite position as well, and he's not had the chance to play there yet. He's more of a wide striker than a central striker. So I think I think his I think his 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 window of opportunity is quite limited though, because I, I see after the international break the chance to put out as close to what is the ultimate selection from this squad. Um, that that we've been able to at any point during the season, and for and that's me, that's the one year as well. Yeah, Tyra comes back into that with with Brennan, obviously Gibbs White in behind. I, I see that central midfield three mix of Koyate, Yates, and Shelby um, being one to try. The fullbacks are easy in, in Lodi and Aurier, and then you pick you're, you're picking Felipe and Worrell. A fit Bolly might have half a chance of of getting back in there, and then yeah, for me, Navas is ahead of, of of Dean Henderson, but we're perhaps only one game away from being able to field a team like that. So anyone who's got designs in forcing their way, way in after the international break needs to be aware there's going to be far more Forest players available to select from, and that shouldn't be lost on Emmanuel Dennis. This is his chance to earn a shirt, retain a shirt, and salvage his season as a, as a Forest player because... There's plenty of players we, we, we've all changed our minds about and been convinced about off the back of a series of performances. And that's all we want to see. Yeah. I th- and even if he um, has a good game, then maybe it's not enough to cement that place longer term. So I think, like you say, a one year he's going to uh, be back in once once he's fit and firing. But it's seen though it's going to take him time to get going. And at worst, Dennis can make himself first option off the bench. Um Nia Kate as well, we should mention, has been back in full training. So um, he'll be pushing for Worrell's place, certainly. But he, I mean, we had to discuss about Nia Kate on Monday, obviously. But, he, you know, he's not played much football. I think it's a lot to ask of a player to deliver their best form with no under-21s games and no football in six months. So uh, that's going to be an interesting development. Um what about the midfield? How do you? I've always discussed that as well with the gripes around it. I was um, one of the things that Andrew was saying. I'll play some clips from, as I said shortly. But he felt Newcastle's midfield was superior to Forest, and Forest couldn't match them, and that would be a key area. I think he's got a point there. Yeah, it is. It is a key area. I'm not going to get uh, drawn into the the blend of the opposition. I, I think that um, I listened intently actually to the podcast you recorded with um, Gary. Um, Fletch and, and Greg in the week and one of Fletcher's points around um, Shelby and Freuler trying to um, outcompete each other and how deep they could they could collect the ball was, was a really interesting point. I think the scrutiny at this moment in time is on Freuler 
because he has a very different game to John Joe Shelby. He has a relatively short range of passing, and it's not him who should be the distributor from central midfield. From central midfield, he's the organizer. It's Shelby they want on the ball. It's Shelby that under pressure needs to come and collect that ball off the centre halves. But also, it's Shelby that when we do find um, periods of possession in the game, we want on the ball further up the pitch to to, to develop uh, meaningful attacks. I think there's a lot of scrutiny on Freuder at the minute. A lot of people have vouched for him as being one that does the unseen running, the you know the orchestration, um, such as his reputation. But I don't think we've seen um, anything like uh, enough consistency in his performances to justify this bulletproof selection that he's enjoyed for the for the past few weeks and months. I think there are a lot of people watching him quite critically now. And he's another one for me that needs to, to really step up. Maybe he's not compatible with Shelby. Maybe he does occupy his space, stand on his toes a bit. But I think that the plus side of Shelby's range of passing and more attacking intent means that, for me, he can be part of a Forest team that's going to score and, and create more goal-scoring chances than, than Freuler ever will. So, yeah, I'm going to keep a close eye on him this week and... Um, yeah, I just wonder with Koyate and Yatesy knocking on the door, if if that automatic selection that he's enjoyed for the past few games might be under threat. I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And then obviously you talk about a short window to impress. The same applies to Mangala, doesn't it? In terms of consistent performances, he, he's been he's been massively inconsistent. Really, hasn't he? He'll have a good game off the bench and he gets a start, and he falls into the trap of doing. Uh, big errors after good work, I think I've said about him before. And yeah, it's an opportunity for him and Freuler, isn't it? If they if Forrest dominate this game or, or win this midfield battle, then they I think they probably do win the game, don't they? Well no, that's too much of a stretch. They don't lose the game, maybe. Yeah, I mean Nilton is a is a is a great result. A clean sheet against a Newcastle side who find themselves, was it four points outside of the top four, two games in hand. Um they're a serious team. I think that the the Swedish striker, 60 million quid, but he's he, he looks the part, doesn't he? Um, Almiron is a is a player um, transformed. Um, Pope's been a bit of a wild child last couple of weeks. We could do with, with him doing something stupid on the edge of his box on 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 Friday night. But yeah, they that, there's no accident. There's there's method to to what they're doing. They've recruited well. Uh, I've got so much respect for, for Eddie Howe. I think he's got an appointment uh, with England one day. Um, but yeah, the, the the challenge is going to be that if we were to concede in the absence of key players, you, you can't really foresee a situation where we're free scoring against Newcastle at the city ground. One, there would be unbelievable and the most likely winning scoreline. But for me, the fundamental of this performance needs to be a clean sheet. We 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 can't concede and expect to win this game. Oh, hundred percent. You're right. I got very carried away there. We're winning the midfield battle will certainly uh, certainly help Forrest. You mentioned Alexander Isak there. So one of the yeah. things uh, I asked Andrew about and we discussed was danger men, respectively, for each team. Uh, and this is what he yeah, said. Cal Wilson hasn't scored since since October. He just doesn't look the same player that he was before he went to the World Cup. And Isak. Not only scored against Wolves, tremendous header, but just looked so, so dangerous. Running at the, the defence, close control with the ball. Really, really good display. And he needed it as well, given that opportunity, replacing Newcastle's number nine. 
Uh, so yeah, it'll be Zach, and it'll probably be a unchanged side as well. Anyhow, doesn't like to change a winning side, and I can't see um, who 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 he would drop out. He made five changes; a couple were kind of enforced. Almiron comes off the bench and grabs the winner. But is that enough to get him back in the side? He's probably the one person who may have a case to get back in. Um, and on our match preview, I said I'd bring him back in for St. Maximin and keep Jacob Murphy on the other side. But like I said, he doesn't really like to make changes to a winning side, so it probably will be unchanged. Um, and, you know, those players who miss out, I don't think can have any complaints because the players who came in took their opportunities and that's, that's, that's kind of what you need and, and you know, so who worries you for Newcastle then? Guimaraes is a is a class act uh, between the boxes. I, I think he was an inspired signing. The best of St. Maximin should worry anyone. He's a highlight real player, but yeah, quick, quick feet and really dangerous. Isaac hasn't been um free scoring, but as your colleague said there, he just looks such a threat when he when he gets the ball. He occupies defenders, he's he's very good in the air. And he's sharp, and I think he has the potential to be a, a, a twenty-goal man at some point in the in the future. Um, I'd be more concerned if Almiron did return. I think he certainly adds to the team. He had that red-hot um, goal-scoring streak, but he's he's creative as well, and just looks like such a different player to the the one that was a, a frustration for Newcastle fans and the sides that had struggled in in recent years. Longstaff and Willock, we can we can get at them. I think we can I think we can um we, we can prove more than a match for them, not particularly concerned. Trippier is dangerous from set pieces and Pope's a player that I respect immensely, but he's proved to be hot headed in the in the last last few few weeks with that handball. And he was very lucky to, with the one that he got away with at the at the weekend as well. I think um Shaw was the standout performer when we played Newcastle on the opening in the opening game of the season. And it was a, a demonstration for um, for Brennan about the difference between Championship defenders and Premier League defenders, and he he went away and has added a lot to his game since since then. But yeah, look for me, Gimaraes is the heartbeat of of this team, and um, he's he's the the type of player who I think Forrest missed the most a true um, conductor who can do. A bit of anything, a bit of everything, with relentless energy and extremely tidy and organised. I think he's been one of their standouts. I agree with what you say about Almiron as well. I think Trippier is a more dangerous player with Almiron in the team. He seems to do a lot of uh, kind of that uh, niggly forward work that frees up space for Trippier. He's got such quality uh, from the if he can get into the byline or deep crossing positions that he would worry me. So. I would be quite happy if he doesn't start. Um, I'll play the second clip from Andrew talking about his match prediction and how he's viewing the game and then um, get your take on the back of it. And uh, so I give mine uh, as soon as he finishes talking. So we'll go into that. Yeah, I mean, look, they had only before Sunday, only beaten uh, Fulham in the league in, in, in 2023. And they were playing well, though, and they were creating chances. They just weren't taking them. And I think what we saw on Sunday was that clinical edge, which has been missing. And it was always, that was the only thing that was kind of missing, you know, not taking your chances. They had a couple in the cup final. They had some against Man City, as you pointed out. Callum Wilson of old would have easily put that in the back of the net, you know, 10 times over. But 
it's just when you when you look down and your form's out, that's what's going to happen. So I think Friday's a big game because they've been on such a, a bad run of form when you consider what they've done early in the season. One good performance, and it was a good performance against, against Wolves. One very important win needs to be followed up with a win against Nottingham Forest. It's side in a similar situation to Wolves. One where Newcastle will go in his, in his favourites. And if you're serious about the top four, then no disrespect to Forest, you have to be beating teams like Forest, regardless of their brilliant home record. You know, these are the games you have to win. Newcastle have struggled uh, recently against, couldn't beat Bournemouth, couldn't beat Leeds. You know, they've struggled with sides around them. We're fortunate, some might argue, against Wolves, should Pope have been sent off. You know, will that luck be with them this Friday? I think they'll have to be at the very best to beat Forest because as good as the performance was against Wolves, you know, does that paper over the crack slightly? It's probably one one argument. Um, but look, if you create the chances, Matt, and you take them, that's all mm. that matters. That, you know, it's as simple as that, isn't it? That wins, that wins your games. Mm, true, true. Would you take a point? You wouldn't take a point then? No, I'd, you're going down there for all, all three. I mean, obviously, um, if you can't win, you don't lose. But I think you'd be very disappointed if you were Newcastle not to be taking all three from Forest because you played so well against Wolves. You know, you, you've got the, the chase for the top four is in Newcastle's hands, but it's only in Newcastle's hands if they win, keep winning. And then that sets them up for the, for the games and hands that they've got on, on, on Spurs. So, yeah, you know, Eddie Howe will be going, you know, he goes in every game to win, to win it. You know, he doesn't care too much about the opposition, it's about what he does, what his team can do. So he'll definitely be setting them up for a win. And I think you'll be, Bitly disappointed if you win your castle coming away and having only picked up a point. Um, and I think I think they will be Forest. I think I think we'll, they'll beat them. And um, I'm going to go three nil to Newcastle. Three nil. Oh my god. Three nil. Three nil. I mean, I don't think it'll be three nil, but you can see that kind of. Uh, I'm not knocking the mentality of a person who covers and supports a team that's doing very well and is pushing for the top four. Um, uh, if, what do you think about what Andrew said in general there before the scoreline? I've lost all respect for Andrew now. I'm more interested in knowing what Anton Deck and Jimmy Nail think the score is going to be because 3-0 is a bit pie in the sky because we're going to have a game plan built around defensive discipline, I would hope. We're trying to compete, establish a foothold in the game, and maybe try and nick it late on if the, if the game opens up. We're not going to go gung-ho and sit back and... You know, find find ourselves three 0 down. I don't think. Um, how do we win this game? I mean, look, that's the that's the most pertinent question, right? We we we've built this position in the in the Premier League where we're in the mix with eight teams who who could, um, in in any reasonable circumstance, be relegated. Our away form is dire. We're not scoring goals on the road, but we're a different side at at home. We've got this new problem of being without a, a, a key player in, in Brennan Johnson. So I think I think that's it. We have to stay in this game for as for as long as we can. Um I I think it's gonna be tough, but I thought that ahead of West Ham, Liverpool, Palace, Leeds, all these games where we've pulled out a performance at the city ground. We are a team transformed at home. We have lurched between really bad and really good performances so there's no reason why we can't get a point out of this game if we do win for me the only possible way to do it is is one nil 
I don't see us um, being anything like um, free scoring. They are a top four contender, albeit one that's had a bit of a wobble. He's right. Pope was lucky not to be sent off at the weekend. They scraped past Wolves. And, you know, the, the, the feeling up there seems to be that they're coming here to, to collect three points and, and nothing less. Um, their most recent form, allied to our recent home form, shouldn't give them quite the, the confidence that they have. We're a nine to two shot with the bookies to, to, to win at home. I'm not saying we're going to, but there's value there. And I, I think we're, we're um, yeah, well overpriced in, in, that, in that market. Tough game, no two ways about it, but it's not going to be 3 0 to Newcastle. I agree. Like I said, I don't think it will be 3 0 to Newcastle. I think it's going to be very hard for Forrest to win because the yeah. question of where do the goals come from is so prevalent. I mean, exactly. If it is Andre Ayew who starts, he's not really looked like scoring. I mean, obviously, he had a penalty kick and missed that. I'd rather see Sam Surridge start. Emmanuel Dennis, we discussed earlier, has been very hit and miss. So it would hinge a lot on Morgan Gibbs White. And his form hasn't been quite as well, quite at it as well, has it? I mean, he struggled at Spurs, I thought, as well. Yeah, and you can target him, can't you? If 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 he's been isolated as a threat, and they're not talking about Brennan Johnson this week, and that they're, they're not talking about the the aerial physical um, presence of of Chris Wood, then yeah, of, of course they are going to look to deny space to Morgan Gibbs White, deny possession of the ball to to Morgan Gibbs White, and if if our plan has become um, one dimensional and relying on him to be creative, then it's uh, a, a pretty easy thing for them to focus on on stamping it, it out. So we need John Joe Shelby to step up to the plate, Dennis, as we've, we've debated, and one of Surridge and Ayu, depending on on who starts. It's, it's going to be really tough. I'm, I'll be interested to see um, if we assert ourselves in terms of possession, because there's been one or two games recently where Newcastle have had far less of the ball than their opponents. And the, the chief frustration amongst um, Forest fans has been those games where we have been back for absorbed deep block look to counter because I don't think that that serves as serves as well at all. I really hope that um, we treat this game in a in a positive sense, much like the pattern in the championship last year. Because there were a lot of games back where we weren't flying out the traps first half, but we did find a way to 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 be in the game on 55, 60 minutes when. Um, changes were needed and we, and we could be that little bit more attacking because we've got I just don't see why we're getting these points on the road you know I, I really want to make a case for where we're going to go and win win games away from home but if we conclude that we're not and we need to find a path to 38 points then we have to spring another surprise this has to be another Liverpool game another West Ham game another Palace Leeds whoever all these all these great wins at the at, at the city ground and yeah there's um it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough I am I am more concerned than I I have been for the last any time in the past couple of months um but yeah I've just I've, I'm motivated by your colleagues absurd prediction that we're gonna roll over and let them tickle our bellies because that won't happen at the city ground but I, I, yeah, as you say, I'm more concerned than I have been. I've been unwavering in my conviction that they'll stay up. But if they were to not lose this one, um, but if they were to lose or only get one point from the next three, then it's going to be an uphill task. Um, I mean, I think the next two away games are the best two chances, really. 
Leeds away, Villa away, Villa's home record isn't as uh, you know as strong as their away record. So hmm. they are probably our best chances. It was an interesting thing you said earlier about um, the low block and the way we play. One of the things that Andrew said was that Newcastle struggle against teams that sit deep and ask them to break them down. So I actually imagine that's the way we'll play. If uh, assuming the, the Forest analytics to analytics team are much better than us at picking up on how uh, Newcastle's struggle, so I expect actually that we might just sit deep and say, like we did against Chelsea, have the ball, break us down, and we almost came unstuck doing that. But I think that might be the way that Forest go about it and try and hit them on the break. Whenever we come against a team that plays four three three with two out and out wide men, as as Newcastle do. Um, with St. Maxwell in particular, I'm always concerned with a narrow midfield when we let wide players just walk on to our fullbacks. And we we did it to um we we did it with Jack Grealish as well, just just allowed them the we were so deep that we allowed them to isolate our fullbacks one on one and it, it did lead to a, a lot of creativity. I just hope we engage those wide players further up the pitch and you know don't let them um dictate the territory in the game. By being unopposed, given that you know we, we are relatively um, narrow in midfield, relatively expansive up front and at the back, that's been one of my key criticisms uh, mm-hmm. when we have set up defensively in various home games this season. But we did it with Spurs as well, didn't we? I mean, the left side of the pitch was an absolute farce at times, and mm-hmm. poor old Loddy had no cover at all. And you know, we discussed Trippier breaking forward. Someone whoever plays that left-sided role. Uh, I might be sorry. It might be Ayu. I, th- I think Gibbs White might be the central false nine again. They're going to have to track back. And St. Maximum v. Aurier, a battle of the Mavericks, although Aurier has been much more consistent than we expected, is going to be interesting. Yes. But that third central midfielder, um, whether it's Freuler, whether it's Mangala, both of them, they're going to have to be defensively disciplined, aren't they? Because you, like you say, you can't give St. Maximum 30 yards to run at Serge Aurier and Joe Worrell because he will absolutely kill us, won't he? Yeah, it's, it's happened a lot. And I think it's one of the things we haven't quite got to grips with since making that change to a, a back four. Um, it's, the, it's the one weakness in the system that you, you, you concede two-thirds of the pitch out wide um, at the expense of denying them space in, in central areas. Um, that that could suit Newcastle because they have a couple of chalk on your boots wingers who are happy to to hold their hold their position. So yeah, like like you say, our analytics team will will look into that. But it's a deliberate ploy because the alternative to countering it is to make us a bit more exposed um, centrally, where we're without a lot of personnel and still scrapping for the for the right blend. I hope we can get to that Coyote Yates Shelby mix relatively soon, or Froiler steps up and delivers a, a level of performance that befits him um, staying in the side. Because, um, yeah, that's it, it, it's so key. And you're coming up against um, performers of the level of um, Gimarej. They're they're not going to give you a minute off, and they're used to affecting the game and operating in very small pockets of space. He's one of the the, the best in the Premier League. I put him up there with, with Bruno Fernandes in being effective in traffic and still finding his feet, making his pass, having a, having an impact, even when he finds himself um, you know, out, outnumbered in the in the centre of midfield. Uh, final point before we go then. Now I'll put the table up 
and we're recording this before um, I think Southampton play Brentford and Leeds play no Palace play Brighton something like that so there's a couple of teams playing tonight so forgive me the t- the table will change but the general point remains that it's so tight that if Forest can get a win or even a draw temps it it changes the picture going into that international break very nicely doesn't it yeah the psychology of being um, several places above the drop is important because goal difference could yet come into play and ours is is relatively weak um the the league position tells a bit of a lie because we had a similar league position two games ago um but the the gap to the bottom three was was much much greater um it's a it's a bun fight it really is um i don't want to call it i'm still pro forest pro our chances upbeat positive going into every game that we can find a way to win but there's no denying that the way we all felt after putting Leeds and Southampton uh, back to back has fallen away with, um, with 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 that result at the at the weekend. So yeah, one way to change it: get back on the horse, beat a team you're not expected to to beat, and all of a sudden things looking rosy and the pressure is applied elsewhere. Other teams are under pressure too. Palace are dropping like a stone. Their form is absolutely horrendous. And while they find themselves at the, the top of this group of um, relegation candidates, they're, they're, they're not out of it. Their, their form going back 10, 12 games is, is far worse than, than ours. Um, I just, just hope we can avoid successive defeats. I'd be proud of a draw. I'd be elated with a win. And as you say, by the end of this month, this team could have Kriate, Yates, Awanyi, Niukate, uh, you know, three or four players back in it that make it put a different complexion on how good they are in the middle of the park and what a goal threat they are going into the final stretch of the season. So we're obviously at another pivotal point, but it's a, a nice opportunity here on Friday night, hopefully, to to take some positive momentum and reverse this trend. We are one of the teams with negative momentum at the moment, us, Leicester, West Ham, probably the one, and Palace, as you say, they're the teams dropping and Bournemouth and Southampton who do play tonight are the teams with a bit of a resurgence or a bit of a battle in them. Yeah, but look, you, you use the phrase nice opportunity. This this isn't a free hit. This is a team that we could conceivably be at home. We've changed so much. I, I wrote down the team that played Newcastle at Newcastle opening game of the season. Henderson in goal, Worrell near Kate Bekena, Toffolo O'Brien, Colback Williams, Lingard, Surridge, Johnson. Conceivably, only Worrell may feature in this 11 compared to that 11. We think Surridge might play as well. We've changed so much, but I've always seen the logic in in what Cooper has done. And even when he's made a selection and it hasn't quite come off, he's not blind to it. He's made changes. He left Wood out after those initial performances weren't quite what we expected. He gave Aurier a chance, he grabbed it, he's, he's backed him. There, there is a, a logic to everything that, that Cooper's done. So I'm, I'm definitely um, not in that camp that's laying any uh, additional pressure um, at the manager's door than the pressure that he, he puts on himself. He'll be telling the boys, this is, a, this is a winnable game. We don't need to go into this with any kind of defeatist attitude. Anything can happen. We're playing against quality opposition in the Premier League and they've got their own 
ambitions. But it's um, yeah, to, to to draw on your phrase again, it is a it is a nice opportunity. It's not a free hit. We cannot write this one off. We must have a go. Yeah, absolutely. A good note to end on. Uh, unless you've got anything else you want to add, any other business before we depart? I'd just like to congratulate your hungry kids on staying out of the kitchen for another half an hour. I think, um, yeah, fending for themselves at three months and two is just just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, nine and six, I should say, although that's still pretty young to fend for themselves. So, yeah, I'll go and check. They haven't uh, set fire to anywhere in the house and uh, let you go. So, uh, uh, if you do like it as usual do like and subscribe give us a good review it's very much appreciated and temps thank you very much cheers matt enjoy the game on friday and i'll see you next week yep yeah, uh, as, as temps said enjoy the game have a good weekend and we shall see you on monday